So we are in a series, Death to Selfie. And if you're trying to avoid this series, you're going to be missing church for at least five to six weeks. So um, last week, how many of you did not hear last week's message? Well, you got to go listen to it because listen to this. Last week, um, we all said that we were interested in solving every single problem in life. I truly believe that the revelation of this, the truth of this, is the greatest truth that you can receive besides receiving salvation by grace. After receiving salvation by grace, this is the greatest revelation that you could ever receive. Because the Bible reveals a secret. The Bible reveals a secret that sets you free to live the best life that you've ever lived. This secret we said last week will solve issues at work with your boss and your coworkers. This secret will give you contentment in life and remove envy and jealousy. Issues at home with your wife, the in-laws, the step-parents, and annoying siblings. This secret will not only solve all conflicts with your ex, but it will keep you from ever having an ex in the first place. Amen. This secret, it will make dealing with teachers at school a breeze, and never again will you have to worry about being cool or the need to be accepted again. You will no longer be controlled by social media, the likes, the comments, the shares, the followers, the retweets, the friend requests. The secret will end strife. Disagreements, disputes, arguments, discord, hostility, conflicts, friction, enmity, strife, dissensions, disharmony, quarreling, and feuding. I love the thesaurus. I thought I was a dinosaur at one time, but... This secret truly has the power to bring world peace. And that is not an exaggeration. It's the truth. Last week, everyone said that they were interested in knowing the answer to all these issues, to knowing the secret. And so we started to unpack this. So the question is, are you still interested after we found out what it was? You are? Well, first, let me take a selfie. We'll do a little timer. Three seconds. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Now we got we got to post it on social media because this is not about selfies; it's about self. So let's see here. Death to selfie. Transform your world. There we go. There we go. So what is this secret? G.K. Chesterton, last week we talked about, he was, he was a writer and a lay theologian that lived almost 100 years ago. Um, there was a newspaper article, an editorial, that 
posed the question to its readers. He said, of everything that's happening in the world today, what would you say is the biggest issue for the problems of the world? What is the biggest issues of the problems of the world? And G.K. Chesterton, in his wit, wrote in a two-word answer. And the, and the answer was, I am. I am. We need to understand that we are the source of all our grief. Pride, self-centeredness is the sickness that we need to be healed from. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, it says, You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The reason why we get offended, the reason why we get hurt, the reason why we're depressed or discouraged is because we don't understand the gospel. We think the gospel, a lot like eternal life, is just something that you experience in heaven, something just to get you to heaven one day. But the gospel is the good news of the life, the eternal life, the Zoe life of God living within you through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Many Christians do not live out the gospel in their lives. If we did, we would never get offended. If you're offended right now, if you have offense against someone else, the gospel is not being played out, it's not manifesting in your life. Because dead people never feel anything. And we talked about this last week. If you had a corpse, Next funeral you go to, go up to that coffin and slap that corpse right across the face. It's not going to do a thing. Sure, people around you might get offended, but the corpse isn't going to get offended. Why? Because he's dead. And dead people don't feel anything. You can, you can insult it. You could curse it. You could spit on it. You can do all these things to a corpse, and it's never going to get upset. It's never going to get mad. It's never going to get offended. It's not going to get discouraged or depressed. Why? Because it's dead. As Christians, we're supposed to reckon ourselves dead to self and alive to Christ. The reason we respond to insults, to people offending us, to, to things not going our way in life is because we don't understand that we died. We died in Christ. That's the gospel. The gospel is about you dying. You die to self, you die to the Ad Adamic nature, and you are raised again. You are baptized into the death of Christ, and you are raised again to new life in Christ Jesus. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of Christ. The life of Christ. We live, we move, we have our being in Him. The reason why you are hurt so easy when someone says or does something to you, the issue that caused you to have so many problems in your relationships, the reason why you are so unhappy in life is plain and simple. It's pride. 
Pride is still alive and sitting on the throne of your life, and we are self-centered and not Christ-centered. This is so important. How many of you want a better life? How many of you want to be happy? How many of you want to not be offended? How many of you are sick of being jealous and have envy? How many of you are tired of strife? Well, this is the answer. This is the answer. Look at this played out in the lives of the disciples. In John chapter 14, verse 28, it says, You heard that I said to you, this is Jesus speaking, I go away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. This is what Jesus said to his disciples the night before his crucifixion. This is what Jesus said to his beloved the night before he was crucified. He said, if you loved me, if you loved me, you would be rejoicing because I go to the Father. Jesus says this should be a party because I'm going back to the Father. And the Father's greater than I am, and this is, go- this is going to be wonderful. But they're not, they weren't rejoicing, were they? They weren't rejoicing. They were depressed. They were discouraged. They were disheartened. Why? Because they were completely caught up in self and not thinking about Jesus at all. Jesus, Jesus' plans was going to ruin their lives. Jesus' plans were going to ruin their plans. Remember what their plans were? Their plans were, were, were I'm going to be seated next to Jesus when he comes into his kingdom. I'm going to be Jesus' right-hand man as he rules and reigns over Israel. Jesus is leaving. leaving. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? They had plans of sitting next to Jesus as he took the throne of King of Israel. All their hopes and dreams seemed to be coming to an end. On top of thinking their hopes and dreams were coming to an end, they were also thinking about their own skins. Maybe I'll get thrown into jail. Or even worse, what happens if they crucify me? Focusing on self. All of their sorrow was because they focused on self. It had nothing to do with what was going to happen to Jesus, but how it was going to affect them. Focusing on self was the source of all their grief. If they loved Jesus more than they loved themselves, they would have rejoiced with Jesus because he was going to the Father. Self-centeredness. Self-centeredness is the cause their grief, and it's the cause of our grief also. It's time that we confront self. Ask yourself, ask yourself how much of your life is characterized by anger. Ask yourself how much of your life is characterized by sorrow, depression, grief. Ask yourself how much of your life is categorized by unforgiveness, envy, strife, jealousy, and offense. Do you understand that? Anger. People that are angry all the time are self-centered. Their life is all about self. 
They're filled with pride. The reason why I get angry with Amanda is because, oh, you don't, yeah? That never happens in your house? Or you never get mad at Amanda? The reason why I get mad at angry in my relationship with Amanda is because she does something that I perceive is an inconvenience on me. And so my anger is a reaction to me thinking about myself, not thinking about how my anger is going to affect her. You understand that? Angry people are self-centered people. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm not, I'm not prideful. Actually, I, I, I'm, I, I actually hate myself. I, I, I kind of despise myself. I don't think I'm nobody. I think I'm no good, but I'm angry all the time. That's because that's just the other end of the stick. You have people that are boastful and prideful. And you can say, man, that guy's filled with pride. But then you have the people that are, that are afraid and, and, and shameful and not willing to talk to others, and, and maybe they don't even get angry. They just have a pity party. They just stop communicating. They just shut themselves off. That's just the other end of the stick. They're filled with pride also. People think that, well, I'm no good. I could never sing. Some of you shouldn't sing. but Or I, I could never talk in front of people. I could never share Jesus with anybody. You want to know why? It's because you're filled with self. You're thinking about yourself more than the individuals. You're thinking about yourself more than what God can do through you. Come on. Ask yourself, how much of your life is categorized by anger, sorrow, depression, grief, unforgiveness, envy, strife, jealousy, and offense? It doesn't matter if your problem is financial pressure, relational breakdowns, loss, disappointments, or even being done wrong by another person. You choose whether it turns into a crisis or not. You choose how you are going to react, how it's going to affect you. Right? In Christ Jesus, God has already given you everything we need to be an overcomer in life. Not, a over, not to be overcome, right? We're overcomers. But it's up to you if you're going to walk in it. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 speaks to this. It says, therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living, living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. The problem with this is, is it says that we're living sacrifices. And the problem with living sacrifices is that far too often we allow self to rule and end up climbing off the altar. We have to choose if we will continue in self-centeredness or become a living sacrifice. Is it Jesus or self? The choice is yours. Andrew Womack teaches that we need to live our lives with no-fault relationships. I thought this was so good. We have to live our lives 
having no fault relationship coverage. You want me? You're probably wondering what is that? Well, you've heard of no fault insurance, correct? No fault insurance? I mean, that's why our insurance in Michigan is so expensive. With no fault insurance, it does not matter who's at fault. Who caused the accident? Your insurance company will cover the cost, the damages, and the medical bills according to the amount of coverage that was purchased, that you purchased, right? That's the same thing as no-fault relationships. And no-fault relationships work the same way. You, you, you choose to walk in love and forgiveness towards all people no matter how they treat you. No matter whose fault it is that you're offended. No matter whose fault it is that, you're in stri that strife is coming. You still choose to walk in love and acceptance. Jesus says that you have coverage up to 490 times a day. You can have 490 accidents in your relationships a day, and you are to be covered. It's covered. Because that's what the disciples asked him. He said, they asked him, how often, how many times shall I forgive my brother? Seven times? And Jesus says, I tell you, 70 times seven. 70 times seven times a day. 490 times a day. And you know what the disciples said? After they told him this, increase our faith. Increase our faith. See, so many people think that faith is only to believe for financial prosperity. That faith is only to believe for uh, miracles and to receive healing from God. That that's what faith is for. I'm telling you, because you're not walking in faith in this area of your life, it's making all those other areas of your life difficult to believe for. The just shall live by faith. See, the reason why Christians think that once you get born again, that that's all the faith that you needed, that you don't need to continue walk in the faith of Jesus, is because you don't understand the gospel. You don't understand that you have died to self and that you're supposed to be living the life of God, in God and, and, and God living through you. And that takes faith. It takes faith to forgive your brother 490 times a day for offending you, for doing you wrong. See, this is all really about faith. We live by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. By faith, you can walk in love. You can walk in forgiveness. You can walk free from offense because Jesus did. And you have died to self and are alive in him. Jesus is to be living his life in you and through you. What did Jesus say from the cross? He says, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If Jesus could do that, and he's living inside you, so can you. By faith. And we have evidence. We have proof that a person can do that. The first martyr, Stephen, when he was about to be stoned to death, he cries out to God and he says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Stephen walked by faith. Stephen allowed Jesus to live through him. Stephen understood the gospel. 
How many of you are facing stoning? We can't get past someone saying, I don't like your color of your shirt. In Proverbs 13.10, it says, pride, by pride, comes nothing but strife. By pride comes nothing but strife. Where there is strife, guess what there is there? Pride. Anywhere where you have conflict, where you have offense, where you have unforgiveness, there is pride there. Are you experiencing envy, jealousy, unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt, anger, or offense? Are you holding a grudge against anyone right now? Do you have a grudge against anyone right now? Guess what? You're in pride. The word of truth, God's word leaves no excuse and only one source of our grief. And we might as well face it, the truth, sooner than later because there is only one reason for our problems. It's not because you were born this way. You can't say, well, I'm, I'm Irish. We always got, we just got a temper. Or my, we, I, just, I was just born with a short fuse. No, you were reborn, recreated. You were born again. It's not the way you were born. It's not your personality. Your personality is not an excuse. Circumstances are not to blame. Look at Jesus' circumstances. Pastor Tom brought up um, uh, Joseph today. Look at his circumstances. If anybody had a reason to complain, it was Joseph. Same thing with Daniel. Strife, conflict, friction, discord, disharmony, Bad feelings, lack of peace in your life is because of pride. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, it says, Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Jesus would not have commanded us to do anything that at the same time he would not empower us to do. This is not impossible. So when you say, I can never forgive them, I can never love them, you're saying, I don't have faith. I don't have faith in what Jesus accomplished. I don't have faith in what Jesus did. I don't have faith that the Son of God is living within me. In Him, we have we have the power to forgive and walk in love. The question is, are you living through self or living by faith in the Son of God? It doesn't matter what you feel like. See, it's funny. People say, well, I just feel sick. What am I, gonna, I, can't, what am I supposed to say, that I, I, I don't feel sick? Well, depends if you want to be sick or not. Well, I just don't feel like I love person. I, I don't feel like I can forgive them. I feel anger towards them. What am I supposed to do? Just say, well, I just, I, I love them. I forgive them and say, I have joy of the Lord and peace. Peace? Well, depends what you want. 
Do you want to live in the flesh? Do you want to live in self? Do you want to live in pride? Do you want to live in the fall of humanity? Or do you want to live in the everlasting life, the abundant life of Jesus Christ? Do you want to allow the Spirit of God? Are you walking in the flesh or are you walking in the Spirit? The just shall live by faith. It all takes faith. And the reason why we don't understand that everything takes faith is because we haven't been taught the gospel. The world says to treat others the way that they deserve. Right? The law, the law says to treat others the way that you want to be treated. The way of the king and his kingdom is to love one another even as Jesus has loved us. <laughs> that takes faith. That's why the just shall live by faith. Understand this. No one deserves to be loved, not even you. None of us deserves to be loved. Apart from Jesus, there is nothing lovely about us. You cannot, you can, you, you can, you can even compare yourself to whomever you'd like. You're still no good apart from Jesus. I mean, this is the terrifying truth. We still and always, apart from Jesus, fall short of the glory of God. But God, but God demonstrates his own, his own love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The kingdom way is the way of faith. And you can't live by faith in God and have pride and self-centeredness at the same time. Do you hear that? You cannot be in faith and be self-centered and filled with pride at the same time. It's impossible. They're contrary to one another. They don't come from the same root. As a pastor, I, it just boggles my mind how self-centered people are. I, 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 I'll preach a message and have people come up to me thinking that I prepared that message. I spent hours preparing a message to single them out. So, out of all the people that are hearing this message this Sunday, there's only one person that this message is for. That's the most stupidest thing I've ever heard of. I can honestly say that I have never, ever prepared a message and had a person in mind. Most of the time, if there is a person in mind when I prepare a message, it's me. Do you know why you think the message is for you? Because the Holy Spirit's telling you, this is you. But I mean, that's how, that's how, that's how self-centered we are. We actually think that I would waste everybody's time just to preach one message to you. Isn't that pathetic? <laughs> and John chapter 5, verse 44 I mean, one of, the, one of the saddest things at times that it happened was we were, we were, pre we were preaching on um, prosperity. And I was trying to renew, uh, make people understand that poverty was not from God. That poverty was from 
pits of hell. That God desires no one to be in poverty. No one. It doesn't matter if you're American. It doesn't matter if you're in Africa, Ethiopia, in, in Red China. It doesn't matter where you live, Indonesia. God desires for you to prosper in life because that's his nature. There's no death in him. And I was sharing with them what poverty does and what it looks like. And when it got over, I had a young woman, a girl, a teenager come up to me and say, why are you talking about my family? We, you, we have to be careful that we do not become so self-centered where, that we fail to see the door of deliverance. In John chapter 5, verse 44, it says, how can you believe? Listen to this. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that is from the one and only God? Being obsessed with what people think of us is the quickest way to forget what God thinks of us. The Passion Translation puts it this way. Of course you are unable to believe in me. For you live for the praises of others and not for the praise that comes from the only true God. As long as we seek and love and, and jealously guard the glory of this life, the honor, the reputation that comes from men, we do, we do not seek and cannot receive the glory that comes from God. For as many as the promises of God in him they are yes, and therefore also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. Right? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. We see from Scripture that God offers the believer such great and wonderful promises, perfect peace, rest, overflowing love and joy, abiding fellowship and fruitfulness, and yet many feel Something hinders them from possessing it. Why does my life look so different than what I see in Scripture? See, a lot of us, it's, it's like a child standing at a, a display window of a candy store. And Frank and with you understand this. They got the taffy being stretched. They're in there making fudge. They got all, just all this stuff, chocolates. They're making ice cream in there. And you're standing on the outside, a kid's standing outside, and they're looking at the glass, at all the stuff that's going on in there. And you tell them, partake. Have whatever you want. And they say, oh, I can't. Their mouth is watering. They, 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 they're anticipating a party on their taste buds. but they can't receive it because of the pain, pain of glass that separates them from it. What is it that keeps us from possessing the promises of abundant life of God? What is it that hinders? The promises are made and they're free for sure, right? Huh? The promises was made and they're free. 
The invitation and encouragement from God to partake is strong, right? The power of God is close at hand to receive them by grace, correct? All that hinders, all that hinders the blessing being ours is pride or lack of faith. Because where their pride is, there is lack of faith. We just read that. How can you believe when you're more worried about receiving glory from others than the glory that comes from God? Here in John chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus reveals to us that indeed it's pride that makes faith impossible. How can you receive if you accept praises from another? Pride and faith are at complete odds. Faith and humility are of the same root. And you can never have more faith than you do humility. You can never have more faith than you do humility. You can have strong intellectual knowledge, understanding of truth, and still be filled with pride in the heart. When we place our trust in what we know, in our formulas, in knowledge, and not in truth himself, not in God alone. It takes the living faith of God that resides in our spirits, the very power of God, and makes it of none effect. What is faith? But humility. Think about this. We are to have if we want to enter into the kingdom of God, we are to become what? Like little, little children. Like little children. Because little children have to humble themselves because they are dependent. They're de dependent on their parents. When we are born again, you confess that you are completely hopeless to save yourself, correct? Is that not what faith is towards Jesus? Faith is saying, I am hopeless. I repent of my idea that somehow I can work my way to heaven. I repent from the idea that somehow by my deeds I am good. I repent from the idea that I have any strength in myself to be saved. I humble myself and I plead for the mercy and grace of God through the, through, the, through the work of Jesus Christ to rescue, to save my soul. Right? That's what salvation is. It's humility. It's faith in Christ and not in self. Do you think it changes after you get born again? When you are born again, you confess that you are completely hopeless to save yourself. Do you think that the life of faith could be lived any other way but by, through a life of humility? In Mark chapter 11, verse 22, it says, And Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Many people have faith in their faith. Many people think that they have to get more faith. You have the faith of Christ. You have faith. When, if you're born again, you have faith. 
But the problem is, is you have faith in everything else, your self-centeredness, your pride, your own ability, your own conscience, your own um, condemnation, your shame, guilt, all of these things, you have faith in what disqualifies you, and you do not have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God, not in your wisdom, not in your biblical knowledge, not in the scripture that you use like a, the pagans with a magical chant, like a sorcery trying to do a certain spell. Have faith in God. Humble yourselves before the Almighty. Faith is the confession of helplessness and total dependence and surrender to God Almighty. The same God that li live in, lives in you and through your spirit. That's why we are called to walk in the spirit, not the flesh. Walk in humility, trusting in God, and not in self-reliance, trusting in self. The way of humility is what prepares the soul to live a life of trust. Did you get that? The way of humility prepares your soul to live a life of trust. In other words, having faith in God. All self-seeking, self-will, self-confidence, self-exaltation is nothing more than straightening the the. the is nothing more than strengthening of self, which is unable to enter the kingdom, nor possess the things of the kingdom, because it refused to allow God to be who he is. Pride renders faith impossible. Can I have the worship team come up? I think you guys had enough. I know I have. Whew. During prayer today, during prayer today, I told, uh, when we were praying down there, I say, I, I always know that it's good when I feel like I have to apologize to everybody when I get done. Faith is the means by which we perceive and take hold of the kingdom of God and its blessings. Faith seeks the glory that comes from God and not from man. Salvation is the fellowship with the crucified Christ in the spirit of his cross. Salvation is the union and the delight in the participation of the humil humility of Jesus and his life. When faith is weak, pride still reigns. We must pray for humility to become the most necessary and blessed part of our Christian life. As I started this message, I said that besides the revelation of Jesus Christ and your need for salvation, this message is the most important revelation that you can ever receive in this life. Nothing can cure you of the desire to receive glory from men or the hurt and pain of anger that comes from not getting it but seeking God and the glory that comes from him alone. When God, when the glory of all the, of the all-glorious God becomes everything to you, you will be free from the glory of men 
and of self. You will be content to be nothing. But out of this nothing, you will grow in trust and reliance on God. You will have faith in God, giving glory to God. And the deeper you fall into humility before Jesus, the nearer he is to fulfill every desire of your faith. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you that you are our example. You humbled yourself on the cross. You humbled yourself unto death. You humbled yourself to serve humanity. And you live through us. Pride, arrogance, self-centeredness is what we needed redemption from. where pride, arrogance, where self-centeredness abounds, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have delivered us from self, that self is dead and we're alive in Jesus, and we walk this out by faith. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are renewing our minds, that you are taking the blinders off our eyes, that we, that we are actually seeing how deprived, how weak, how empty we are apart from Jesus Christ, that we need to humble ourselves before the throne of God and receive grace and mercy in our time of need. Pour out your grace upon us. Empower us to live the way of Jesus. For he says, learn of me. For I am humble, meek, and lowly in heart. May we take on his yoke. For his burden is light. May we learn the unforced rhythms of grace and live free from the poison of hell called self. We receive this by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.